It is with great pleasure today that I get the privilege to introduce our network superintendent, John Wooten. Uh, John is uh, such a, a dear friend and brother, and he's my pastor. And today, he gets to come and share at his home church. Um, he's from Byesville Assembly of God, and we're so glad to have him this morning. Would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor John Wooten? Thank you. Appreciate it. And then, Pastor Joe, if you would, take your bottle of water back down to your seat and uh, bring me my bottle of water that I didn't grab on purpose. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but it'll go much better. I'm a man of faith, but... Uh, Hello, Byesville. It is so good to see you today. Aren't you thrilled to be here with all your friends, worshiping in the presence of God? Amen. Thank you so much. I can't tell you what an honor and a privilege it is. It really is to stand before you all today and to see uh, friends. I love, 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 of course. Don't even have the words to express how full my heart is when I see some of the faces that are in this room today. And uh, that, that just means so much to people who uh, this church has been there for them for decades and decades. And it's, as Joe said la- uh, just a few moments ago, uh, last night and this morning, it's, it's so encouraging to see brand new faces, people who've just joined in the last few years. And folks, do what Pastor Joe said. You will bless yourself by listening to those testimonies. Um, some of those testimonies were, I mean, fresh with a capital F, <laughs> just this week, just this year. The ministries of this church that continue to encourage folks and bring them the saving love of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's so, so very th- uh, encouraging to see all of you today and to rejoice with you. I, I tell you what, uh, Pastor Joe mentioned a few moments ago something that is on all of our minds, and that is uh, that we are going to have food. And so I'll introduce myself in a second, but I just want to put you at ease right now. I, I'm a paid professional. And so uh, not once... In all my years of ministry, have I lost one audience member to uh, to starvation? It has never happened one time, and I do not intend to start today. And in fact, I make a commitment to you, all right? Um, I'm going to get you out of here. I know the clock isn't working quite right, but I promise before that clock turns 4.30, I will have you out of here today. I promise. And for those of you in the back, that clock has not moved in the last uh, two hours, so... If uh, you wouldn't mind indulging me, I'm going to ask you to stand, do a little physical activity here. Um, not, not yet, not yet, but that was a, that was a good rehearsal. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Um, if you uh, do not call Byesville Assembly of God your home church today, you worship somewhere else, you've moved on, you're somewhere in another state, another part of Ohio, uh, would you allow the home folks to see all the people who've come back in to celebrate with you by standing at this time? This is not currently your church home. Please stand. Folks have come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Home folks, let's welcome them today for joining with us. We're so glad that you've come back. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. And now one more exercise. I'll give you an example. If it was me and I was seated, I would stand up when I say the 60s, the 70s, and 80s. I wouldn't stand until then. And after the 80s, uh, then I would sit back down. Let's just see all the people who've been part of this church over the last 90 years simply by standing up when I call your decade. I think it's safe to say no one here today was here in 1929. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But just in case... If you started attending this church in the 1930s, anytime in the 30s, would you stand? Anybody? Anybody? All right. 
I knew it. There she is. Deanna, back there in the 1930s. Stay standing now. Stay standing. <laughs> so Deanna is going to have to stand the whole time here, all right? So get ready. All right? Remain standing, Deanna. Set the, set the example for all of us. All right? If you started coming in the 40s, if that's when you started, would you stand? All right? Next to her is Patty. Oh, there we are in the back. Joanne, awesome. All right? And then the 50s. Remain standing. Remain standing. All right? The 50s. You started coming here in the 50s. All right, remain standing. Here we are in the front and the back. The 60s, that's when you, that's when you came on the scene here, yep. Yeah, awesome. How about the 70s? Look at that. Very good. How about the 80s? That's when you first got acquainted. There we go, look at all that. Wow, and again, remain standing. And it's important because we want to see the folks who stand at the very last. That'll be encouraging as well. So we're in the 80s. How about the 90s? That's when you started coming. A few more. There we go. How about the first decade of the 2000s? All right. That's when the summers joined us. All right. Which means if you've just started coming in the last nine years, would you stand now? Look at all these people. Wow, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome, everybody. What a great, great family. Well, you can be seated. And uh, that little exercise just confirmed what I was sensing and what you already know. And that is that the ministries of this church uh, have gone back decades, but they're still alive and well. Uh, In fact, just the number of people who've joined the church since the summers arrived Uh, is so encouraging, and that's why we are not only celebrating today 90 years of what's happened, but we are so excited about the future of what's going to happen in and through the ministries of Byesville Assembly of God as well. And so I want to congratulate Pastor Joe and Crystal, the board, I'm sure there was a committee, Uh, everybody who was involved in putting this weekend together, we want to thank you for blessing all of us. This was a godly thing, it always is, to remind ourselves of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and his people. And so we salute all of you, and we thank you so much for leading us through this wonderful 90-year anniversary. I'd like to introduce myself real quickly by uh, just making sure those of you who don't know me are understanding uh, my history here uh, and why I'm here today. So Pastor Joe mentioned before I'm the network superintendent, and so what that means uh, for Ohio and for our Assemblies of God is we have 280 churches uh, around the state of Ohio, and uh, when I started coming in the 1960s to Byesville Assembly of God, that was uh, my introduction to the Ohio Assemblies of God. Little did I think, way back when that I would ever be preaching the gospel for a living, let alone serving where I serve. But I say all that to say, and I think we have a slide of uh, my family uh, to show you, a slide number two, uh, and that is uh, things have changed since we were here. I left in the 1980s when I went to school and then started ministering uh, in Columbus and uh, have over the years been serving in various capacities. Now, I I put them up there today and tell this story to just kind of circle everything around and see how it all plays out. When I uh, left in the 1980s, I went to Evangel to be a chiropractor like my dad, and I went to Springfield, Missouri, like many of the young people from the church here who had gone before me. By the time I was graduating, it's just like, well, that's what you do. You go to Springfield. So, okay, we'll go to Springfield and find out what's going to happen next. Uh, But you have to go back, and uh, those who were here in the 60s and 70s will appreciate this. Uh, 
I was in fourth grade, as I recall, and back then we had a little church and big church, and uh, there was an announcement that morning in the 70s um, that all the kids were invited up to big church, that there was going to be an announcement that day. Uh, Pastor uh, Ken and Carol Littlefield had been there for a while, and uh, I was good friends with their daughters, uh, Lori and Leanne, and we didn't know what was going on, but we went up there to hear this announcement, and it was Pastor Ken telling everybody that God was calling him and Carol to move to a different church up in the big city of Columbus. Well, I remember that morning clear as a bell. I remember uh, lots of ladies getting out hankies and crying. People were really upset that the Littlefields were leaving the church. And I was bummed that some good friends of mine were leaving as well. And uh, they did move to Columbus. But as a result of them moving to Columbus, uh, pay attention here because this is how God works. Uh, they invited uh, many people from, Colum- from Byesville to come visit over the years. Greg and Karen, you joined the team up there in Columbus at Trinity Assembly of God, correct? And they also invited my oldest brother, Mark, who was at CBC, Central Bible College, and invited him to come to Columbus to be their youth intern. Well, one thing led to another. He graduated. He became the youth pastor there. All those years, my family would drive to Columbus to visit uh, Brother Mark, and uh, it didn't take me too long to meet this young lady in the youth group in Columbus. Her name was Bridget. And uh, so Bridget and I became really good friends. In fact, at Big Prairie Church Camp, I see some pictures in the lobby there. I love those pictures out there. Some pictures of youth groups and kids camp uh, groups uh, from Byesville going to Big Prairie up in Amish country, our old district campground. And Bridget and I were the date, were each other's dates to the end of the week sixth grade banquet back there at Big Prairie. Uh, hot stuff. But that's all because Pastor Littlefield moved to Columbus and got that arrangement going. Well, you know, many of you know the story. After I graduated, I went to Trinity Assembly and I got reacquainted with Bridget. And of course, it didn't take us too long to get married and have these kids. Well, as a result of being at Trinity Assembly, my mother-in-law, Lois, became very fond of the youth pastors that they had there uh, Joe and Crystal Summers. And uh, she would often talk about, I don't know what's going to happen because they moved on to Indiana, but she said, they are some of the finest people we have ever had in our church before. And so by that time, I was now at the district office for the Assemblies of God, the network office, and the church was looking for a pastor, and Joe referenced that last night. And so uh, I mentioned uh, Joe's name, and, and the resume got in the mix. We met with Joe, and one thing led to another. And so had Pastor Ken Littlefield not upset all of us that day by telling us he was leaving to go to... And that's just one way that the thread of this church has continued to bless so many people over the years. And uh, again, Pastor Joe and Crystal, we salute you, and we're just so excited for the future. Uh, I, I know I get into dangerous territory here when I start, start mentioning names, uh, but I know at least one of your former pastor's uh, family members is in the building today. Uh, Everett and Elka Pafford's oldest son, David, who was born here, is here today, and David brought his daughter with him. Dave, would you please stand so everybody can welcome you back? Good to see you. Please tell your mom and dad we said hello. Are there any other pastor's family members? I don't want to miss a single person, obviously. I want to make sure. Cool. Very, very good. Well, the title of my message, back to slide number one, is 90 Years of Smiles. 90 Years of Smiles. And, and I don't for a second uh, forget that I'm sure there have been some tears along the way. 
There have been some tough mountains to climb in 90 years, and there's people who could come to this microphone and tell you far better than I could about challenges that this church has had to overcome, and that's true of every church. So I understand there have been tears, there's been pain, there's been challenges, there's been heartache, absolutely. But woven throughout the fabric of the story of Bysville Assembly of God from beginning to this day and into the future is the unmistakable, and Joe, didn't you hear this last night over and over again? The unmistakable moving and presence of the Holy Spirit that has meant the world to the people who have, who have become connected to this great church for the glory of God. 90 years of smiles, and, and this is a mutual thing. It's also kind of a, a cyclical thing, a cycle. You see, because I believe it's been 90 years, personally, of what I can see of God unquestionably smiling on the people and the congregation and the ministries of this church. His blessing, his favor causes us to smile. We delight ourselves in the Lord, and that causes God to smile. And so it's just been one great ride of enjoying God heaven favoring this congregation and this congregation responding by delighting ourselves in the Lord. That's what Psalm 37, 4 says. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now that is one of countless passages that I heard when I was part of this great church in the 70s and 80s. He will give you the desires of your heart. And if you're like me, I like that last part especially, right? I like the idea, the sound of me getting from God the desires of my heart. Man, I've got a lot of desires. And God, is this a, a magic Christmas lift? What is going on with the desires of my heart? Well, of course, it's the original switcheroo because the first part of that verse is the anchor. When we delight ourselves in God... When his holiness, when his goodness, when his righteousness, when his vision, the things of God, and when that becomes the, the center of our life and we delight ourselves in him, then he has a way of changing, altering, evolving, improving our desires. And so many of you in this room, of course, will testify that the desires you have today do not reflect accurately the de desires that you had in your heart before you knew Christ. We had some very selfish, even evil desires. They sounded like they would bring pleasure, but they weren't holy. They weren't good. And the more we delight ourselves in God, then the more he has a way individually and corporately of making sure he smiles on us with his favor. And he does. I will testify gladly and quickly, and so will this whole room. He is a God who gives us the desires of our hearts as we delight ourselves in him. And so that's what I want to focus on today is three Three ways that I've seen here at this church and the privilege uh, I've had of serving this, this uh, fellowship now for decades, where God's favor, his smile, is undoubtedly present. And part of what I do at the uh, Network Resource Center is I work with a great team. And of course, uh, my wife, Bridget, is here with me today. I'd like her to stand so we can welcome her. And uh, she is our women's director for the state of Ohio. And as she's standing, Jim Palmer, would you please stand? Our assistant superintendent for the entire state of Ohio. His mother was born here in Byesville. You already uh, recognize Dave. I don't know if there's any other members of our team, but uh, all of us, all of us would quickly stand and say, Ohio would not be where it is today 
were it not for Byesville Assembly of God and other churches like this who've been so faithful, who've been so committed to sticking true to the things of the Lord. Well, first of all today from 2 Chronicles chapter 5, heaven smiles when a church is unified in Christ. Heaven smiles when a church is unified in Christ. This is both an Old Testament and a New Testament concept. In 2 Chronicles Chronicles 5, 13, and 14, we see this example when the priests and all the people who played instruments and sang songs, and by the way, the team this morning did a fantastic job, and we see them coming together in 2 Chronicles 5 from a variety of tasks and assignments, different tribes, different divisions, And this is the day they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the tabernacle. And what do we see in verse 13? Indeed, as it came to pass, when the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, He is good, for His mercy endures forever." that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. One thing was on their lips. One thing was on their minds. God is good and his mercy endures forever. And when they came together with their different perspectives and their different backgrounds and their different agendas, and they said, you know what? That stuff doesn't matter. We have got to get together. God is good. All of us, that's our testimony. God is good and his mercy endures forever. If it were not for the mercy of God, there's not one of us in the room today that would be where we are today. That unites us, the mercy, the ever-reaching mercy of God, which again this morning was brand new. It unites all of us, no matter our backgrounds. God is good, and his mercy endures forever. And of course, that continued into the New Testament. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together, say it with me, in one accord, one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Old Testament, New Testament. When we as believers come together with one accord, when we decide there's nothing more important than following hard after the things of God, being united in Him, then watch what happens. God cannot stand back. If you want to see the presence of the Lord more powerfully than you've ever experienced. I don't care if you're at Byesville Assembly of God or if you're worshiping at another church in another place today. If your heart longs for a move of God, then watch what happens in Scripture when God's people get together. It's like God, who is supernatural, has limited himself in this one capacity. He finds it totally impossible for him to stay away, for his spirit to not come in and just manifest himself in such a powerful way when God's people get together on the same page, unified in Christ. Heaven smiles. You know, we can't take that for granted. I mentioned a few moments ago, sure, there's been hard times here and there for this church, and there's been hard times for every family. 
that uh, was brought to our attention statewide several years ago, and, and I just felt moved that we, we need to make sure that the unity that we have, and we do, folks, Ohio, as a group of churches, we're incredibly unified, and we don't know how to explain it other than we just thank God that we've had such, such a good history in our network of churches that are pulled together, and there's a good family sense that we feel like right now is time to strike while the iron is hot. And so back in 2016, we gathered together as elders in the state of Ohio, and we specifically prayed for the threats. We prayed against the threats that could bring division into the body of Christ. We gathered and prayed in, in different groups against tradition, against isolationism, against gossip, against complaining, against bitterness, against disrespect. We, we just specifically felt led to intercede against the threats that come against the body of Christ. Well, that was at a statewide gathering up in Sandusky, and uh, that, was, that was at a retreat, and there were 400 Ohio pastors and spouses who were there in that ballroom in Sandusky. The next night, we had a speaker from Texas who was coming simply to talk about how the Holy Spirit had just gotten a hold of him and his leaders, and, and he wrote a book called Clear the Stage. And he said, we're, we're a mega church, but we had so many trappings with, with, with being so big, that, and it was all good. He said, but we had to get back to the basics. And, and we just had to clear the stage and say, Holy Spirit, you are most important. Whatever you want to do, that's what's got to happen. He began to minister. At the end of his message, he did something I had not seen before. He said, now, we're all believers in here. And, and he was right. It was Assemblies of God pastors, so most of them were saved. And so we got together. It was a joke. All right. So we started praying, and we started praying in the Spirit. That's what he told us to do. He said, in the next few moments, I don't want any English in here. I only want people to be praying in their heavenly language. And so it was beautiful. It was powerful. It went on for a long time. In fact, I'm superintendent, and I kind of thought we were done. <laughs> and he said, you got 60 more seconds, and you keep going. I'm like, okay, okay, we'll keep going. It felt like we were in a gym. And, uh, and when we were all done, then he said, now, some of you, not all of you, but some of you, you actually did hear in English. According to what we read about in the book of Acts and, the, and Corinthians and the New Testament, that you know an interpretation. You, you weren't just speaking in a foreign language. You actually heard in English. And so if that's you, would you be so bold as to share that interpretation? And so sure enough, people began to do that. Dozens, in fact, all over the room. It was powerful. Pastors, spouses, missionaries, one by one by one. And when we were all done, we were crying, we were weeping, it was powerful. And then he said, now, you probably didn't notice this, but as these ministers from across the state were one by one sharing their interpretation, what the Spirit was speaking through them, I was up here writing them all down. And now I'm going to read back to you in one statement, what the Holy Spirit just said to the churches of the state of Ohio. And I'm going to read that with you today in Byesville, just to, re, just to give you an example of the power when believers come together and we're unified in Christ. I am unifying you for what's about to come. Now, remember what we had just prayed about the day before, about the threats to unity? And here, the very first word from the Holy Spirit is, I am unifying you for what's about to come. I am sending angels to oversee you. I am opening streams in the desert for a new breakthrough of growth, new life. 
I am sending a great light in the darkness. It will pierce the darkness. No weapon forged against you will prosper. I'm changing the way you think. I am doing a new thing. I am destroying the yoke, the yoke that is on you and your family. I am breaking the fear of man. It has to go. Chains are coming off. Warriors, arise. I will cover you, for I am the God of victory, not defeat. I am calling everyone from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I will give you clarity on what to do and what to say. I am still king. I am still king. I am still king. The enemy has been defeated. My foot has crushed his head. Again, I tell you, no weapon forged against you will prosper. I will cover the earth with my glory, and you do not need to be afraid. I will be with you. I will anoint you. I will empower you. I will give you the words to say, and you will not be empty or dry. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I am warring against unbelief. Believe in me. I go before you. I go behind you. There is no need to fear. The battle is already won. I am the great I am. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Heaven smiles when a church is unified in Christ. Secondly, heaven smiles when a church loves one another. It's not 4.30 yet. We're doing good. All right. Heaven smiles when a church loves one another. Well, isn't that the same thing as being unified? Well, they're related, but man, they're different. When a church loves one another. Acts chapter 2, we saw earlier about the Pentecost experience, how unified they were, and now they're living it out. Now all who believed were together, verse 44 says, and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, here's the smile, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. A few years later, the Apostle Paul wrote about this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. He said, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everybody in Guernsey County, in Southeast Ohio, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Daily, meeting one another's needs. It's kind of like the experience that you have, well, hopefully you've never had it, but, but you've heard the warning that comes when you hop on a plane. At some point, they will either have a recording or the, the attendant will say it in the microphone, folks, if there is a sudden loss of oxygen pressure in the cabin, what's going to happen? The masks. The masks are going to come down from the ceiling and I love it when they say, just you know, remain calm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Has anybody ever been on a plane when that happened? The masks came down. All right, see? So if, you've no, if you don't fly, don't worry about it. It doesn't happen, but they have to give the warning. But there's something unique about the steps that come next. When the mask comes down, they tell you, in that moment, I'm, I'm giving my own version here, in that moment, don't let your, your nature, your compassion, distract you, this sounds kind of cruel. 
Don't, don't be tempted to take the, the mask of, of the little child that's next to you and help them out first. I've heard this now dozens, if not hundreds of times. Put the mask on yourself first. Boy, does that sound cruel? Uh, the little three-year-old girl? Are, are you kidding me? What if she screams? What, what if that little boy, what if that elderly person who seems kind of helpless, I can't, I can't help them first? I've got to put my own mask on. And of course, again, while that never happens hardly to anybody, if it does happen, you'll understand the wisdom. In that moment, put a mask on yourself so that you have oxygen flowing, and now you're able to help the person who's beside you. And guess what? It's true. If the plane descends quickly enough, that person next to you probably will pass out. It'll, it'll happen. It'll get a little scary, but that's okay. As soon as the mask is put on the, the nose and the mouth, they'll, they'll wake up right away. And just a few seconds without air is not going to mean anything. They'll be all right. But imagine if the circumstances were reversed. Imagine if you tried to help the child and you were successful, but you blacked out. Right? They couldn't return the favor. And imagine if you weren't successful, then, then both of you would be up a creek. And that's why Paul and, and even Jesus remind us we've got to help each other in the body of Christ, especially, outrageously. And we heard that last night over and over again, the testimonies of what's happened over the years at this great church, as, as this church has always had a reputation of having open arms, welcoming in people who, who have needs, and that's because we take care of one another as God tells us to do. And out of that strength, out of that oxygen flowing, so to, so to speak, we reach out to as many people as possible. And that's why thousands, thousands of people over the decades have been impacted by the ministries of Bysville Assembly of God because they take seriously the admonition to love one another. Heaven smiles when God sees a church that's taking care of one another, even, even at sacrifice, even at great cost, and then going above and beyond and helping as many people in the community as possible. Oh, the, the ministries, the ways this church has blessed this county, this community for decades, it brings the smile of heaven. And I know it's only just begun. In fact, I have a, a slide for me that reminds me of how this church helped I was just a few years younger, as you can tell, in slide number 20. This was when we had our Bible quiz program, and there were people in this church who contributed lots of money to help our Bible quiz program. There were people in this church who spent countless hours investing in, in those young people, and myself included. In fact, and this is again dangerous to do, but last night, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. I specifically tried to discipline myself to not speak last night, knowing I had today as an opportunity to do that. But some of you last night, you were saying names, names that just takes your breath away. When you think of how the people of this church have made an investment in generations and generations of people. And just to mention those names, many of whom have advanced to heaven, took my breath away. God, thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, for the outrageous love of God that has been demonstrated in this amazing church that has had a history 
and even to this day continues to thrive on loving one another. Saying, welcome, it doesn't matter your background. Welcome, it doesn't matter what your baggage. Come on in, we're going to help you, we're going to grab you, and we're going to treat you like family, and we're going to love you. You know, I, I, for a while, it took me, it took me a long while to, to travel around Ohio and see churches and realize, of course, this is how it always works. We take for granted what we've grown up with, right? But when I think about going into kindergarten and having Louise Woodford as my teacher, I had cancer in, in 1996, and many of you in the room prayed for me. And it was a Sunday school lesson from Louise Woodford that was such an encouragement to me at, at the worst time. <laughs> Louise had no idea back in the early 70s that when she taught on Ephesians chapter 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And on the one hand, Louise had no children. On the other, on the other hand, Louise, Louise had hundreds of children <laughs> because of her investment. Obey your parents in the Lord, she said. Honor your mother and father, and it will go well with you and you will live long on the earth. I heard it. Now, I don't know if all the parents in the church paid Louise to say that that day. It's right out of Scripture. And then I went into first grade and second grade, and I had Ron and Patty Black. They were my Sunday school teachers one year. And Carl and Pat Dyer were my Sunday school teachers. And Dave and Gail Ankrum and Walter and Deanna. I mean, just on and on and on. Couples who, even to this day, are still together. And I didn't realize at the time what an incredible blessing it was to be from a church with so many gifted people who, who didn't really even give it a second thought just to help, to invest, to love one another. And I especially want to encourage those of you who are young couples today. Now that I'm older, I understand. And my own parents, who are right there in the mix, all, none of these people who today we revere as saints, and it's good that we honor them, not one of them had a cakewalk <laughs> in their marriage. Not one of them had a cakewalk with the bills. For many people, it was just putting one foot in front of another. And so I want to encourage you, should Jesus tarry and we come back together for the 100-year anniversary or the 150-year anniversary, your names, you've just started attending here the last few years, your names are going to be spoken of with the same reverence as those who are revered to this day because of the investment that you made, not because you had everything together, but because you were just being faithful to serve the Lord, to love one another, and heaven smiles. Well, finally today, I want to encourage you, because heaven smiles when a church reaches the lost. Heaven smiles when a church is unified in Christ, when we love one another, and when we reach the lost for Jesus Christ. What does it say in Luke chapter 15, verses 6 and 7, this is one of those things that, that you see in Scripture where Jesus repeats himself. It's like some of the messages are so important and, and we, can, we can relate because we forget things. It's one, one ear out the other. This is so encouraging that, that right there in the same setting, Jesus told the same story three times about reaching the lost. And you can almost hear him saying, i got to tell it at least one way that somebody will remember I've got, to, I've got to keep repeating, and so that's what he did in Luke chapter 15. He started with the lost sheep. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost 
And when he finds that one lost sheep, he lays it on his shoulders. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And heaven smiles. I say to you likewise, there will be more joy in heaven. Smiles all over heaven when one sinner who repents than over the 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now, Jesus tells immediately the exact same story. He just changes the characters. This time, it's a woman. Luke chapter 15, verses 8, 9, and 10, the lost coin. What woman who has 10 precious silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends, and she calls her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that was lost. And heaven smiles. Likewise, Jesus said, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, I'm not going to put the next verses up there. You all know the prodigal son story. This is the third time he tells the same story, but changes the characters. And you know how the, the youngest son leaves way too early, takes his inheritance, does not appreciate what he had at his home, and has to go learn a very hard lesson and, and finally, when you realize he's, he, Jesus is telling the story to Jews, you know Jews today, devout Jews, they don't eat certain things. They don't touch certain animals. And, and to paint the picture of how low this son had to sink in his rebellion, the son finally comes to his senses when he is working for a farmer, feeding the pigs sleeping with the pigs. And he says, even these pigs, remember he's a Jew and pigs are unclean. You don't even touch them. Certainly don't eat them. And he says, these pigs are doing better than I'm doing. And that's how low he had to get. And he came back home, not really expecting any type of honor, but just begging that he could get a job. Maybe his father would give him a better farm job than where he was working. That's all he was hoping for. And frankly, more than he deserved. But I love the picture that Jesus paints. And as I say this story that everybody here knows, think of the people here in Byesville and Cambridge, Southeast Ohio, maybe in some ways all of us in this room today, who have found at Byesville Assembly of God the Jesus that he's declaring here in Luke chapter 15. When he says, the sun came over the hill on his way home, and the father was there. Where was the father? Was the father inside on Facebook complaining about how disrespectful his son was? Was the father on the porch watching him with his arms crossed? Well, look who the cat drug home to. Hey, everybody, come out. This is going to be good. <laughs> mm -mm. No, instead... There's the father on the porch, and as soon as he sees the first glimpse of the silhouette of that son, he's gone. He's gone. He runs. He jumps off of that porch. I don't know how old that man was, but Jesus tells us he is sprinting. He's running down the road because you've been there. And you know what it's like when, when someone who's been waffling, someone who's run away, and, and you know they have that moment, and that moment may never come again. And the father wasn't going to risk 
losing that moment. And he dropped everything to go grab the son and say, welcome home. I don't want you to misunderstand. We, are, we want you here. You are welcome here. We honor you here. And he brought him in and threw the biggest party for the son who nobody thought deserved even a second glance. That's the love of Jesus Christ for the lost, for the prodigal. And they are here by the tens of thousands in southeast Ohio. And many of them, thankfully, have found their way through the doors of a church like Byesville Assembly of God. And I'm thankful, personally, for the way this church has loved us. In fact, I think I have a slide there that might, some of you might remember, some of these young people. Uh, we were cool, okay, um, back in the early 80s. And uh, we formed a uh, singing youth group, a traveling singing youth group, called the Jesus Company. And, uh, and as I, was, I had not sung these words in my mind, but here's just one other example of the things that people who are serving at their church never even probably give a second thought to. But as I'm preparing this message, I started tapping my toe and singing, let's have a party, let's make a racket. I'm as happy, I'm as joyful as ever I could be. Let's have a party. Let's make a racket for the lost has returned to me. Because one of the sketches we did in our youth group was to tell all three of these stories. And I think everybody up there had a role to play. I think Sonia Gad was actually my dad. I, I played the prodigal son, and Sonia was my father. Bless her heart. We, we were short on boys, and so we had to improvise. But it was a song about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And now, as I kind of bring this together, it's getting close to 4.30. Let me sum it all up here. Notice how reaching the lost in Scripture, reaching the lost here at Byesville Assembly, always has been and always will be a byproduct of being unified in Christ and loving one another. It's a natural outflow. When we are unified in Christ, when we love one another, watch out. Watch out Satan. Watch out enemies of the cross. Nothing can stop a church that is unified in Christ that loves one, one another from naturally being a lighthouse that draws people to the foot of the cross to find love and forgiveness they've been searching all their lives. Why do we say that? Because Jesus said it. In John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, as he's about to become arrested, tried unfairly, and then crucified for your sins and mine, I'd be thinking about a whole lot of other things if I were Jesus than this. But in these moments, it's you and me that's on his mind. We were always on his mind and he's praying, Father, I do not pray for these 11 disciples alone, but also for those who are going to believe in me through their word. Folks, that's you and me. In the moments before Jesus was arrested and crucified, he's thinking about you. He's thinking about me. He's thinking about everybody in Southeast Ohio who's going to be part of the body of Christ. I don't pray for just these. I pray for all of them who will believe on me that they may be one 
as you, Father, and I are one. May they all be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, I think I know a few people in here, and I already know what your answer is going to be. Over the decades, as you've served Jesus, have you found him to be a flip-flopper? Is Jesus one way today and another way tomorrow? Does he change his mind? Of course not. He doesn't lie. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it was true 2,000 years ago, and it's true today on the 90th anniversary. If you and I will be one, if we'll be unified in Christ, then Byesville will know that Jesus was the Son of God sent to save the world. If we'll be unified in Christ, Southeast Ohio will know Jesus is the Messiah. But it doesn't stop there. Notice what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another, because by this, loving one another, everybody, all men, all women, Everybody will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Do we hear today on the 90th anniversary what the Word of God, what the Son of God is telling us about our potential to be the most effective lighthouse Southeast Ohio has ever known? If we are unified, they will know, they'll really know who Jesus is. That They won't fall for the, the prey uh, and the lies of the enemy to believe that Jesus doesn't love them or that Jesus uh, doesn't care or that Jesus uh, preaches hate. If you and I will be unified, they'll know the truth of who Jesus is. And if we love each other, the world will know the truth of who we are. Doesn't sound to me like that's very optional, does it? If we are unified and we love each other, the world will know who Jesus is and who we are, and if we don't, they won't. I have to ask myself, is my unwillingness to jump in, to be all in with the body of Christ, are my excuses about why, well, this month, it can be another month where I don't really show a lot of love, but I'll get around to it. As a member of the body of Christ, how can I listen to the words of Jesus? And how can I ignore everything that I know my whole life? Because it's true when we are unified, when we love one another the world will know that Jesus is the Son of God and that we are his disciples. We'll have no problem reaching the lost. Of course, you know the reality is heaven has smiled on Byesville Assembly of God in a big way. Just again, those pictures in the foyer are evidence. Just a few of the many ways this church has been unified. Just a few of the many ways we've loved one another and as a result whether it was on a Christmas tree or a missions trip to South America, the lost had been finding Jesus as a result of the ministries of this church.
for 90 years, and it's only going to get better. So here's how I want to conclude today. Uh, let me know. Did anybody starve? Are we still alive? Okay, great. Good. I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Joe and Crystal to come to the stage. I want to present a, a plaque to you guys. I've learned one thing about our fundamental truths. The Assemblies of God values plaques. And so we'll do that today. Uh, and believe me, Joe did not ask me <laughs> to say any of this. And I hope when I'm done, he's not frustrated that I said any of this. But Byesville, as I've said before, it, it just defies. It defies expectations. You know, many, many people from the outside looking in would say, why in the world, why would those people have, have hope and expectations that they can do anything? And, and it's been nothing but the opposite since the doors opened. The ways, as we discussed last night, how many people have gone out across the state, across the nation, even the globe, reaching the lost, being used by God, and, and we're not done. Folks, I, I firmly believe that when we come back for the 100, and everybody here, you promise me, you'll be here for the 100th, right? Okay. The committee, committee, take a week off. Don't start working on it until next week. All right. When we come back together for the 100th, I don't believe we'll be talking. I really don't. I don't believe we'll be talking about Byesville Assembly of God. I think we'll be talking about Byesville Assembly of God, the mothership of other churches that this church has planted. For decades, this church has been on the cusp of, the potential of, and I believe, someone said last night, the staff we have, the pastors we have right now, the best, the best, and Joe and Crystal, I believe that. I believe under your leadership that pastors who've come before are going to say, we're praying for you, and we pray that you will do what we always wanted to do. Folks, let me ask you, if this church was located in Woodsfield, how many of you would drive to Woodsfield? If this church was located in Caldwell, how many of you drive to Caldwell? Probably because you're from that area. So hands are going up, and a lot of hands are staying down. You're it, folks. Byesville Assembly of God, you are the Spirit-filled, the Spirit-honoring congregation in Byesville, and you've got work to do. And so we're going we're gonna to fill up the pews, and we're going to add services. We're going to do everything we can at Byesville Assembly of God, but because we're going to love each other and be unified in Christ, that building on South 7th Street will not be able to contain the people. That community center... Oh, I'm just getting going. That community center is going to be located at the entrance of the town. No one is going to be able to come in or out of Byesville without seeing the evidence of a church that is crazy about their kids and crazy about the community. Other people, they could never dream of having this opportunity, and it's right there before you. And so this church, I believe, God is going to find a way where you're going to say, Get rid of some of these people. I, I, I want to sit in my pew again, and all these new disciples keep taking my seat. And God will have a way. He's doing a new thing. He will change the way we think. And I believe in time, God is going to give this church, and maybe it's already there. Maybe I'm just confirming today. We need a church in Woodsfield. We need a church in Caldwell. 
We need a church on the north side of, of Cambridge. We need a church on the east side of Zanesville. We need churches all over southeast Ohio, Senecaville, Cumberland, because there's people, as great as our church is, are, who are never going to drive. And God needs an anchor church to reach out into this southeast part of our state like never before. And I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. I believe that community center is going to get constructed to the glory of God. Many people have tried to build things over the, over the centuries. If you haven't noticed, this church is trying to do this debt-free. Let's jump on board. Let's, let's send the word to people who, who remember the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And, and they're so thankful for what this church has meant to them. And let's, let's get people on board so that we can take this church boldly into the next decade. And I'll tell you what, this 100-year celebration, should Jesus tarry? I believe it's going to blow the walls off. Joe, under your leadership, with this united team, with this group of people who love one another, I believe the ability of this church to reach the lost is going to exceed every expectation that we've had. And with that, I'd like to present this gesture on behalf of churches and pastors across the state. If you guys could come up here. It says, happy 90th anniversary. In fact, it'll save some money. If we can just scratch out the nine and ten years, and we'll use it again. And uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> happy 90th anniversary! Rejoicing with Pastor Joe and Crystal Summers and the Congregation of Byesville Assembly of God for 90 years of influence and impact, Byesville, Ohio, September 8th, 2019. As I present this to you, if you or your family represents somebody who has been sent out of this church, and today they are serving the Lord in ministry, in missions, some type of ministerial vocation. Just as a reminder to everybody, would you please stand today so that we can recognize you or a member of your family? Would you please stand? Yes. All over. Yep. There's Pastor Chuck from Oroville, the Blacks. Yep. Awesome. 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 Stay standing. Stay standing. In five years, in 10 years, I believe this room is going to be full of people standing because God is recognizing the unity and the love that you have and the impact of this church is going to exceed every expectation, which is what God promises he will do. He will do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Pastor Joe and Crystal, thank you so much for your leadership, for your love for these people. Don't you love this? Would you please stand? and express your appreciation. Some of the finest pastors we have in the state of Ohio, we love you. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been 13 years plus since I've been your pastor. And uh, we're so excited about where God is taking us. And uh, you, I was so, it was so awesome to, when Pastor John had people stand over the decades um, to see. And many of you have come in the last decade of what God is doing here. And we're so grateful for that. Amen.